Hi, my name's Scott Thomas, and this is my brand new podcast, Learning As I Go. The premise of this podcast is all about self-development. I'm very much on a personal journey, and I want to pass on anything that I've learned along the way. Firstly, I want to say a massive thank you for anyone, well, everyone, who got behind the first episode. I've been blown away by the love and the support, so thank you so much. In this episode, my second episode, I'm going to be joined by my very own personal business coach, Mr. David Poxon. But let me make it really clear. This podcast is not specific or relevant just to those people in business. It's relevant to everybody. In this podcast, we talk about mindset and self-belief. This is something that David's taught me about in heap loads over the last two years, especially. And it's become a superpower for me. So if you want a new mindset and you want to believe in yourself, this episode is perfect for you. I hope you enjoy it and get ready to learn as we go. Right, welcome, Mr. David Poxon, to my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Scott. It's a pleasure. Happy to help. I feel super privileged on this occasion to have my very own business coach join me on my podcast. And I feel like a lot of people want to know a little bit about you, David, because I always talk about my business coach. I always post little stories of you as well. And that's credit to you, David, because you've been a massive part of my personal journey not just in business, but across the whole board. I feel like I've learned so much from you, David. Um, so first of all, I want to say thank you for that. And thank you for joining me as well. Brilliant. Thank you, Scott. As always, I appreciate your kind words. Honestly, David, you've made such a big impact on, on my life. And I just wanted to kind of clear up to everyone as well. Like, What actually is a business coach? And what sort of led you to become a business coach? What do you love about business? Yeah, business coach, really great question to start off with. Um, you know, people misunderstand what it is. They think they work with businesses that are struggling. They can work, most of my clients are good that want to be great, you know, and there is one or two that have some challenges. But a business coach is someone who works directly with the owners, small, medium businesses. For me, it's based in the Northwest. And we help them move from A to B, whatever that is for them. That might be about numbers. It might be about sales marketing. Most of the time, it's about mindset and having a high performance mindset. So it's a new industry, been going 20 years, 25 years. Everybody has an accountant. But when I used to go to networking events, I'd say, who's your coach? Because every business owner really would benefit and should have a coach. And this is something that's standard practice in the corporate world. High blue chip companies all have coaches. In the SME space, it's growing. It's a growing industry, but you know, what do we do? We help people be the very best they can be, smash the results in the business, and we're doing that every day, as you know. Yeah, amazing. And what, what do you love most about business, David? Like, obviously, to be a business coach, I feel like you've got to have that underlying sort of love for what you do. What is it about business that makes you tick? Well, they're two different things for me. Being a business coach is about making a difference. I love making a difference. And, you know, these people I've worked with over the years who, you know, paid themselves a small amount of money every year, and now they've sold out, they're multimillionaires. I sit back and look at that and think, I'm making a difference and I love it. And I love seeing people evolve. Uh, what do I love about business? I've always loved business. It's a competitive environment. It's about winning. It's about making a difference in the market that you choose to be in. It's exciting, it's challenging. 
Every day is different. I say it's a bit like the tide. doesn't matter what you get done, it all comes in again tomorrow. There's almost, <laughs> always new things to do. It so literally business, does. Yeah, there's loads of challenges in business. It's always keeping you fresh and, and new. And business coaching is about making a difference. Do you know what? I think that's something that I've really like, started to learn recently that I almost look at business as a game now, right? It's constantly challenging you. You're constantly trying to get to the next level. And when you get to the next level, there's another challenge that you've got to overcome. But I think that something that you've really taught me as well is to try and detach my emotions from business because I'm very much an emotional human being. You actually encouraged me to read the book, The Chimp Paradox. Um, and we talk a lot about my chimp Barry in your sessions that my chimp is kind of really active all the time. And I think that's what been one of my biggest lessons from you, David, in terms of trying to just treat business as a bit of a game, as a bit of, as a sport almost that you've got to sort of detach your emotions from and, and deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Would you agree with that? Yeah, spot on, Scott. You know, and I didn't think we'd get through this call without mentioning the word chimp, right? So um, great book, uh, Steve Peters, The Chimp Paradox. And he talks about your brain in layman's terms so I can understand it and you can understand it. But the chimp, there's the logical side and then there's the chimp. And the chimp is the thing that hijacks our brain very quickly. It's from centuries and thousands of years ago where we needed it when we were out there hunting and foraging as cavemen. We needed to, something quickly to protect us from whatever it was, whatever the threat was. We don't need it. We still need it today, but not as much. But some people have quite an active chimp. And that would have been yourself years ago, Scott. You'd come into my meetings. You'd say, hello, sit down. I wouldn't speak for 30 minutes. While your chimp would just, I'd let it exercise itself. <laughs> you know, you'd rant about various different things. And then we'd say, have you finished? Can we start now? <laughs> you know, but it, it's, a, it's a thing that you've learned awareness about yourself you've managed to control it we still want you to be scott we still want you to be that that person but we want you to be aware of some of the things that perhaps were strengths in many ways but were holding you back in others right so david obviously the first time i came to meet you um i got recommended you by a friend right and i was at kind of a point in my sort of business career where i took social pr to a certain point and I felt like I hit, I hit a bit of a brick wall, right? And I also felt like I was winging it because let's get it right, David, in school, in university, I didn't do a business degree. I did history and I, I never got taught these, these tools to sort of make me excel in my business career. And I, I got to a certain point in life where I was like, I need some advice. I need some guidance. And I had my amazing business partner at the time, Fran. And I said to Fran, like, come on, let's go and, let's go and see this guy and let's see if we can get some sort of guidance. And that's what I was looking for because I think for any business owner out there, you kind of sort of left to your own devices. You sort of put into a world sometimes accidentally because I never thought I was going to be a businessman. And I felt like I didn't have all the tools I needed. Do you encounter that a lot with people who come to see you? Yeah. You know, by the way, you are a businessman today, Scott. You're running three cracking businesses. But to answer your question, let me just go back to that first meeting you mentioned. If we're being open and honest on this uh, call like you asked me to be. That first meeting stands in my mind, you know. <laughs> this is what happened, Scott. <laughs> you turned up, we knocked coffee all over the table, we, were, we weren't present, we were leaning on Fran a lot, Fran was running it. The business was had so much potential, but at that time, did have some baggage, had some challenges. And what I admired about you and Fran at that time was the courage, the courage to actually come and see me, and that's what it takes because you're gonna go right out of your comfort zone, you're sharing things, warts and all, and it can be uncomfortable and it's not for everybody. But for me, that's what I see in day one, is people come to see me, who come through the door have showed the courage to turn up 
and at least have a look at what business coaching can offer. And that was you and Fran. And I think, if we're honest, you wanted to come to the meeting. I think Fran was like, okay, I'll give it half an hour. You know, and we're all great friends still to this day. So something went right. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's one quality that I think all entrepreneurs kind of have. They always want to do better. They always want to aim higher. And that was something that I, I really felt. And I did have to talk Fran into this meeting, but literally as soon as she met you, she was won over and she was like, this is amazing. And for the first time ever, me and Fran as business partners, we had someone to be that sort of medium between us as well and, and sort of deviate and deal with any sort of bumping of the heads that me and Fran had as well, which was amazing. And also a sounding board. That's what you gave us as well, especially for two business owners. But I think for anyone in business, especially if you don't have a boss, right? You don't have anyone you're accountable to. And it's kind of easy. You always say giving yourself a free pass sometimes. It's kind of easy to just sort of be left to your own devices. And I think having a business coach, some of the best qualities that I get from you are that accountability, right? The one, the number one question you asked me when I came in and Fran was, what do you want to achieve? What's this all for, right? And it was so strange because me and Fran had never asked ourselves that question before. Is that the, So is that something you do with all your, your new clients? It is, yeah. We've got to start and understand where are you now? Where do you want to be? And can I help you on that journey? And you, you, sent, you mentioned something about entrepreneurs, Scott, and investing in yourself. This is one of your strengths, by the way, and it's critical. The, the biggest investment anybody can make in their life is in themselves. And you surround yourself with people, you recognize your gaps and you surround yourself with people who can help that. You're open-minded to it. But yeah, it's, it's the starting point with any conversation with a business owner. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And sometimes I might challenge people if that where you want to be is just a couple of steps up the ladder. And it's like, wow, really? Is that, is that it? Sometimes we're not thinking big enough. And I, I'm in a privileged position. I sit across the table from lots of people. So I know what success looks like. I know what best practice looks like. So I'll challenge people to just go, okay, could we, what about if we looked a little bit bigger than that? Switch people's lights onto what's possible and then we crack on. I think that's really interesting though, David, the fact that literally I came into a meeting with you. I've been in business for a few years and I didn't even know what I wanted to achieve. And I think there's going to be a lot of people watching this and listening thinking, what do I actually want from business? What does success look like to me? And we'll get onto that. But for yeah. me, it's like even now I'm at a bit of a, a crossroads again where I've gone, right, what's my next goal? What do I actually want to achieve? And I think this is something that me and you work on quite regularly. And basically, you've taught me that anything is possible. You give me that self-belief and you, you also push me out of my comfort zone. And I think that's what we need as well. And, and with someone with your experience and expertise, I feel like I've got the support and guidance I need to go to that next level. But you always push me as well. And I think... Do you see that in a lot of people that they don't actually believe in their capabilities as much as they should We all do? need it, Scott. We all need it. I have mm. a coach. We all need somebody to push us, challenge us, hold us accountable. We'll always do more than we would on our, on our own. Um, but you mentioned belief, right? And that's one of the, the absolute key ingredients. When I first started coaching, you know, I thought success, if people had experience, money, knowledge, connections, all these you know, things that would contribute to success. They mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. It's other things such as, how much do you actually want this? Do you want it badly enough? Do you think about it every day? And if we can score that high, 10 out of 10, then we stand a chance. But that, that next thing you mentioned is, do we actually believe it? Do we believe it's possible? Because if we don't, it's like a hundred foot wall. We can't get over it. And if we can't kid ourselves, so we've got huge doubts, if we've got some gaps in our belief systems, then we've really got to work on that because 
Without those two things, big desire and huge belief, we won't do anything about it or we won't do enough. And that's where the challenging and the accountability comes in. Yeah, and I think that's what's really um, powerful about the work that we do as well. Like I always end up leaving your meetings thinking, you know what, I am going to do it. Uh, I do believe I can do it. And sometimes we do doubt ourselves, especially when things get on top of us. And it's almost like you're like a, like a, a therapist sometimes for business because you come in and you think sometimes that all these problems that you're dealing with and you're facing, that no one else is going through this, right? And you go, Scott, this is business. This happens to everyone. This is not un, yeah. un, um, sort of unheard of. This is part of business life. And it's like, wow, okay. You give people that new perspective and outlook, which I think people yeah. need as well. I'm giggling, Scott, because... Um you know, one of the first things I ever said to you when you came in the meeting on that lines is, Scott, congratulations, you're perfectly normal. And we had a big argument about it. You're the only person who's ever gone, no, I'm not normal, David, I'm not. <laughs> I have a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you've realized over the years you are normal. You know, mm. it's the human traits that we have. We all act and behave in many similar ways and driven in similar ways. But just to come back on one thing, he said sometimes like a therapist, I had this conversation with one of my clients recently that there's this kind of continuum where over on the left-hand side, we have counselors, therapists. Over on the right-hand side, we have consultants. And consultants tell and do the work for you. Therapists listen and, and you know, let you get your emotions out. And coaching somewhere in the middle where we ask, we ask questions, we challenge. But the best coaches, in my opinion, can span that whole spectrum when they need to tell and accelerate things, they can tell. When they need to listen, like I sometimes have to do with yourself, Scott, you know, where we're getting it all off our chest, we'll listen. And, and the, the real key of being a great coach is asking good questions that unlock and make people think about things that they perhaps not considered before. So we talked about um, mindset and belief being a really sort of strong quality in, in a business person. Like what else do you think makes a great sort of businessman or woman? What, what sort of qualities do they need? Well, there's a lot, right? But if we've got time, I'll tell you a quick story. Many years ago when I was in corporate world and I was working in a, a high performance industry and the company we worked for went from zero to two billion, billion with a B wow. in 20 years. Phenomenal growth. I was there for 14 years of that and it was a real high performance sort of team and environment. And you learn a lot in that, but we tried everything. As a team that I ran, we tried everything to be the very best. And we invested, we brought a performance psychologist in uh, from the States and he came in for two days and he went through loads of different things where he was coaching athletes. But one of the key things that I remember today, like it was yesterday, he got us in the room and he kind of said, human beings are, are the only species on the planet that can kind of look forward, can vision, can aspire to what they want to achieve. Uh, which is a phenomenal gift that we all have. But the fact that we can all, all can do it, why is it that a very small percentage actually achieve and fulfill the potential while they're on this journey? And he let it hang in the room and we're all looking at each other and he, and he went, it's simply because they're not prepared to pay the price. So we're all kind of looking and thinking, oh, okay, how much does it cost? We'll pay it, you know, we're after performance. And, and again, he let it hang and then he said, and the price is things like, Courage, self-discipline, commitment, hard work, moving out of your comfort zone. All the things that on a day-to-day -day basis, human beings avoid like the plague. And it really resonated with us. You know, we use that language for years and years afterwards that we've got to pay the price on this, guys. We've got to step up and go out of our comfort zone beyond belief. 
So when you ask me what makes a good entrepreneur, it's people who are prepared to pay the price. They turn up every day. They've got huge self-discipline, huge commitment. They'll do stuff and, and get out of their comfort zone. They'll show the courage. They'll make the difficult decisions. And they want it. They want it badly. You know, know what, David, that's what makes a great entrepreneur. Yeah, I've heard a lot in the past about hustle culture, right? And I'm going to play devil's advocate here, right? Because there is an element of, I believe that I want to pay the price in certain ways, but I also don't want to do anything at the cost of my mental health or that balance in life. And I think this is something me and you always talk about. And it's something that makes me question myself sometimes as an entrepreneur, because I'm like, I've literally gone so tunnel vision with driving um, myself, my personal brand, me, my businesses, that in a way I probably let other things slide down in my life. Like I'm still single and I feel like sometimes I don't get the balance right. So how, as entrepreneurs and business people, do we get that balance right in life? It's the million dollar question, Scott. I'm a big believer, right? And you said, it's a word I mention almost once every day, balance. And the reason I mention it is I don't think success is one dimensional. I really don't. So if we go chasing the money, and I know many, many people who have got significant pots of money who are miserable. I also know many, many people who've got great health who are miserable. What we're really looking for is balance, where we've got enough money, good health, great relationship, good balance on our time. You know, we need that time to reflect and recharge. So for me, that's what success is all about. How do you achieve that balance can be challenging for many people. And there's a culture, you know, go on any socials, there's, you know, the 5 a.m. club and, you know, work 24 hours a day. Well, that might work for somebody. It doesn't work for most because they burn out. And for you, Scott, you run three businesses, right? You've got social PR, food for thoughts, your personal brand. It is a balance, a huge balance. And you have to be able to, you know, be aware that all work and no play makes jack a dull boy. And you've, you've just got to give yourself the discipline to switch off and spend time on other things other than work. 100%. And I think it's credit to you, David, that one of my actions with you was to start dating again and actually meet someone because that is part of being a successful businessman to you. You need to have that balance. And it's something that I'm constantly working on. And I think it comes down to discipline, right? So I have discipline to wake up at 5 a.m. I have discipline to go to the gym. I have discipline to work on my businesses. I don't have discipline to take time for myself and to switch yeah. off. And I think yeah. that's something that I've got to work on. And it's something I'm constantly working on. And I'm not going to lie to you, David, there are literally, like I have like a three month cycle where I'm all systems go, I'm, I'm revved up. And then after three months, I always hit this brick wall again. And it, it just comes down to balance. And it's something that I'm really working on. Yeah. And I think, on. A question, I think a question that you always ask me as well, and, and even my, my therapist asked me this, Gareth, he says, what does success mean to you? What does that look like to you? And I always had these big sort of targets in my mind, like these multi-millions. And I wanted to have 10 million quid by this age and da, da, da. And I'm thinking, I look back and I wrote, I wrote written down all the things that actually make me happy in life. And it's not necessarily money motivated. So what would you say, David, quantify success in business terms? Like what? Yeah. Because it's, like you said, it's, it's not necessarily finances, is it? For me, in my terms, it's the, the sort of the journey, the distance of the journey you've traveled. You, For example, you could be born into wealth, into money. And when you finish, you, you, you know, you've, got another, you've still got 100 million. You've not traveled very far in monetary terms. Other people start with the odds stacked against them. 
and by hook or by crook, find a way to keep moving forward. And it, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in giving back, whether they make a difference in the world. And it's the distance you travel on that journey yeah. on your own terms against your own goals where, where I feel you can define success. I think um, success to me, it comes through progression, right? And, and that progression can just be day to day, like little baby steps. And instead of putting your happiness on the other side of a huge goal, and I actually got inspired by this from Stephen Bartlett, his, his latest show, where he said he got to his IPO, his business was worth 300 million, and he literally felt nothing. He didn't feel that feeling of success because he had all his money in the bank. It was the sort of realization that happiness can't be on the other side of goals. It, it comes in the day-to-day -day sort of journey. And that's something that I really want to do. I just want to enjoy the process a lot more yeah. and put a lot less pressure on, I need to get from here to there and be more sort of focused on how am I going to make the most of today? How am I going to become a better person today and improve and just not put too much pressure on it. And I think that's what yeah. every businessman or woman should focus on is just yeah. trying to sort of develop every, every single day. And I think that's something that you really focus on in our sessions, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great point, Scott. And I always say, you know, you're in a privileged position. We lose perspective sometimes. We're moaning about trivial stuff. You know, we've lost a client or with this or with that. Yeah, great. Get over it. There's bigger things going on in the world. Keep perspective of where you are. You're in a privileged position. You're running a business. You make the rules. You set the, the time you start and finish. You set the goals, the aspiration. Wow. Does it get any better than that? You know, and some people forget where they are. So it's keeping perspective, being grateful for what we got and then cracking on. 100%. And there's something that you talk about called the success pyramid. Talk me through that. Yeah, well, I touched on a couple of the points um, earlier. You know, it's if you think of a, a triangle, a pyramid, and you think of each corner and then something in the middle. This for me, if I can get people in my room who can score themselves 10 out of 10 in each of the four areas, we can pretty much guarantee success. And it's those two of the things I've already mentioned. Do we want it? Burning desire. And I mean, bang the table, non-negotiable, must happen. Not a kind of seven out of 10, maybe I do want it today. Not sure next week. Then the belief systems. And every human being on the planet, every human being, you, me, um, has these things called self-limiting beliefs. And they can get in the way of success. But we need strong belief systems. Then we, the top of the pyramid is action. Action in high impact activities, things that move the needle. And that's the stuff that people avoid. And then in the middle, the thing that holds this all together, we really want it, we really believe it, we're doing something about it, self-discipline. We do it every day. And you know, I tell you the definition of self-discipline, doing the things you know you should do, even when you don't feel like doing them. So if you can score 10 in those four areas, Come and see me because you're going to have some phenomenal success. You've just raised the point that I really wanted to talk about and that is action, right? So obviously you're from um, the company Action Coach, right? And there's a reason why it's called action because you literally keep us accountable to take those actions. And I think sometimes a lot of us are great talkers, great, especially myself included, uh, have all these great ideas and I fail to take action, right? Because... I get dragged in different directions and I get pulled in, in different sort of avenues. Whereas with you, David, we come in and at the end of every session, we write down at least four actions, right? On our focus sheet. And we set these goals and we set these actions and I've got to go away. And within that, I don't know, two week period or, or a month, depending on when I next see you, 
I've got to come back and, and give you an update on those actions. And I tell you what, there's something really powerful about it because not only do you sort of narrow down and focus on what's the most important elements of your business right now, you actually move on them as well. And I think sometimes, yeah. and this is something that you taught me as well in one of our first sessions through the book, The E-Myth, you say, don't be a technician in your own business, right? Some, as a business owner, as a, as a director, as an entrepreneur, you need to take a step back from working on the tools within your business to actually look at the, the vision and drive that forward from an overarching perspective. You've got to focus on those big, powerful actions. And that's what we work on in our sessions. Yeah. And there's a couple of things there, Scott. We'll come back to the technician. But the goal setting, it's, um, you know, if we're looking at food for thoughts, for example, and we're saying, Scott, where, where's this business going to be in? sort of three years time and you sort of giving me your vision for that, you and Eden. And then we'll say, well, where does it need to be in the next 12 months to be on track for that in three years? And you say, well, we probably need a revenue of this, of this, of that, a team, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's all good. Well, what about the next 90 days? What does this quarter look like to keep us on track for the one year? And then as you've rightly said, each meeting will then get some goals to get us on track to achieve that quarter's goals, which are achieving us to the annual goals. Most people in business without that accountability they start off the quarter well, they start off the year well, the noise comes in, the tide comes in, things get in the way, they forgot even what it was they were trying to achieve. Not that they don't achieve it, they even forgot what it was. So there is a degree, we don't just turn up for tea and biscuits. We get clarity on where we're going, we write it down, and you come in next time and you've done it. Or you don't come in the time after, that's the way it works, right? Mm -hmm. And we've had those conversations about accountability. It's like um, for anyone who sets a goal at the beginning of the year, whether it be a personal goal, a New Year's resolution, it's quite easy for those goals to fall off after a couple of months, right? And that's yeah. the same with business. You yeah. need to keep yourself regularly in check and setting new goals. And that way you keep pushing forward. And like you said, you can sort of lose a lot of direction and, and waste a lot of time unless you are fully aligned on what your goals are. And I think yeah. that's been a massive part of the work that we've done. I do want to add something to that, Scott, which is goals on their own. Goals are fantastic, but on their own, they're not enough. And you know, when I became a coach, I actually thought it was all gonna be about business planning, dashboards with numbers in, sales and marketing, systems people, all the rest of it, and it is. But I only get some success there. Where I actually get the biggest success is what's between here, what's between people's ears, mindset. And if we can get people sort of oscillating in this high performance mindset, then we can build everything on and the goals can become real and achievable. But if we just pile goals on somebody who's not got the mindset in the right place, we're not gonna get what we want. They're not gonna get the results we want. So we really have to look at the person in front of us, where are some of the gaps, and how do we get that mindset to a place that we can then start to layer some of these activities on top. So goals are brilliant, but they go in conjunction with a load of other things as well. Yeah, 100%. So go on, talk to me about that well-known saying from um, the E-Myth, don't be a technician in your own business, right? Talk me through that, yeah. Dave. What does that actually mean? So I work with an architect and he's brilliant and he's been to university for seven years and he knows everything he needs to know about being a great architect. And he loves it, but he wants this phenomenal business. So there he is, the architect, but I ask him, what does he know about sales? What does he know about marketing? What does he know about recruitment? What does he know about leadership? What does he know about creating systems? Blah, 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 blah. That's the stuff that is working on the business outside of his core skill set but he keeps getting dragged back into, let me specify the taps, let me specify this, let me specify that. It's comfort zone, but you can't run a business being a technician. Just because you're an architect doesn't mean you can run a great architectural business. You need to work on it. And so you need to become that entrepreneur, that leader, 
And sometimes we have to literally drag people out of going back to the default position, the technician. Honestly, that's still something that I struggle with today, even now. But in order to, to be that entrepreneur, that, that business owner and drive the business forward, you kind of have to let go of certain areas, right? Which comes down to your team and delegation yeah. and, and bringing in the right people. How yeah, important is, is team in a business? Well, it's massive, Scott. I mean, you, you leverage people. A business is all about leveraging people. You can't do it on your own. You've got to be great at recruiting. You've got to have the right people in the right places. You've got to retain them. You've got to motivate them. So this is one of your strengths, by the way. This is something that you are very good at. You, you're very quick to find your, your gaps and, and criticize yourself, but you're, you're really good at that. So having a team is massive. And you also mentioned culture. So there's this phrase, you'll have heard it many times, that culture outtrump strategy. We know how important strategy is in a business, where we're going, where we're heading, how we're going to do it, but we create this world-class culture Whatever it is you're trying to create, think of Google and businesses like that, you put your identity on it and that culture makes people belong. They all come in to do a good day's work. They want to feel part of something. They want to feel connected. So all my clients work on creating great cultures in the business and the team part is just we don't have business without people. Now, some small businesses, I work with everything from startup to 100 mil, some small businesses that have only got one or two people, that's the biggest barrier. How do we recruit? When do we recruit? Can I afford to recruit? What do I expect back? How do I manage them? Some people hate hiring salespeople. How do I manage a salesperson? They're never in the office. They make their own rules. And I think that's what you need to do as a, as a business owner. You need to sort of be willing to let go of the areas where you're not strongest and be willing to learn and grow from having the best people around you. For example, finances, right? From the moment I came to see you, you were like, Scott, have you got a KPI dashboard? Are you on top of your finances? And it, it just felt like a completely sort of foreign language to me. And it didn't make me tick. It doesn't motivate me in the same way it does yeah, other yeah. people. But at the same time is, I know I have to be conscious of this. I know I have to be aware and, and I have to be hands-on. But instead of trying to take it on myself, I bring in a really strong finance team or finance person who I learn from and trust. I think that's a massive part of any sort of strategy is being willing to let go and also be willing to learn and grow from from having better people around you. I think sometimes people let their egos get in the way and, and yeah, they're, willing, they're, not, they're not willing to sort of allow better people to come, to, to come around them. Yeah, you're right. So people is critical to business. Business is all about people. 100% and that's something I'm always working on. Yeah. But um, I think the biggest quality that you've sort of mentioned today and I think this has stood out to me um, to round up the podcast is, is discipline, right? Discipline sometimes has a really bad connotation. It seems like it's sort of negative or strict, but really discipline is where happiness sort of comes from. Because if you're disciplined to say no to the things that no longer serve you and you're disciplined to spend time in the areas that do sort of reward you the most, then that's where you're going to be the happiest, right? And I think discipline for me comes in the way of sort of focusing my time in the right areas so that I can be more productive, I can be more balanced and I can just be happier as well. And I think that's the biggest lesson from today for any business owner is just have the discipline across the board in your life. And that's where the sort of progression will come from. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree with it, Scott. And discipline, you know, it's one of those things people associate pain with discipline, mm. you know, but it's, it's all pain. There's two types of pain, right? There's the pain of not doing it now procrastinating about it and putting it off the short-term pain that people can easily avoid but if we don't do it it comes back long term and you know 12 months later when the results are not where they are that pain 
is even bigger. So discipline's about doing it now, pushing on, pushing through it, and even when you don't feel like doing it, turning up and doing it. So it's a massive point. And you know, some of the stuff we've discussed about here, Scott, for half an hour or so, we're, we're racing through some things. We've worked together for many, many years now. I'm sure we'll work together for many more. But we're hitting some of the topics that we talk about a lot. We should do it again. You know, when you do series two, we should do it again and have a deeper dive on some of these things. David, we've only touched the iceberg. What uh, sort of last piece of advice, David, would you say to anyone who's looking to get into business for the first time? What would you say? Well, if they've got this burning desire in the stomach, in, you know, to do it, it's never going to go away. So they're going to have to find a way, whether it's they're in employment today and they're trying to find that jump into business or they're doing a business and they're trying to do it, look into a different one. I would say go for it. You know, life's just, we only come this way once and we may as well not have any regrets. So follow the sort of dreams or aspirations, find a way to make it happen. And you know what? Get yourself a great coach to help you on the journey. There we go. There we go. I love it. David, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and, and we definitely will be working together for a very long time to come. So thank you so much. Yeah. I look forward to it, Scott. Um, pleasure chatting to you. Legend. Ah, don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoy catching up with David. I always feel inspired and I hope you do too. But don't forget, we are back every Wednesday with a brand new episode, but I need you to keep supporting. Please rate, review and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. It means the world to me. And don't forget, you can DM me on Instagram at scott.thomas. I most likely will reply back or at least share some of your stories. So please keep them coming. But next week, we are joined by the main man, Commando Charlie, and wait to hear about his story. From the Marines, to being the private security guard for Elton John, to serving over five years in prison, and now he's changing lives. Now, when you're in that kind of moment and that situation, thinking any moment could be your last, even trusting the man beside you with your life, it changes you as a person. You're never the same. You guys don't want to miss this. I cannot wait for you to hear it, and I will see you next week.